When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, another episode of Simply Amazing and it's, uh, oh goodness gracious, it's a rough one today. Uh, we are recording this at 6pm on Sunday, so uh, the wounds are still a little raw from the Mets. You know what, I'm going to use uh, Gary Cohen's quote here. By the way, hey Taryn, what's going on buddy? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and use Gary Cohen's quote to uh, to end the game today. The Mets' 42nd loss of the year is their most horrific. Buck Showalter tried to stay away from his best relievers, and the Mets paid the price. <sighs> the second part of that you can really apply to a number of games this season. It, it, it's been atrocious, and we'll get into that. But, Taryn, did you have any inkling that this is where the Mets would be? This is where we would be as a fan base at the end of June? No, uh, I didn't. And, uh, you know, I, I think you and I both try to keep it pretty positive, but there's not a lot to be positive about right now. Um, the team is not well-constructed. They don't seem to have that fire the that um, really typified a lot of last year, those late-inning comebacks, that sense of belief that they were never out of any game. Um, that just hasn't been the case this year. Um, the team is mismanaged both in the dugout and in the front office, and um, they don't have the pieces that they need to win, and the pieces that they have are not doing enough to allow them to be in a position to win consistently. Um, they don't play complete games. They don't uh, play error-free baseball it's all a mess. Um, and I think that that really makes it fascinating to see what'll happen going forward. Because if you think about this, the Steve Cohen era, uh, 2021, they fall apart in the second half. That's an incredible disappointment. 2022, they blow the 10 and a half game lead to Atlanta, uh, lose the wild card series. Um, so winning one playoff game and then 2023, uh, the most expensive team, uh, in Mets history, and they're terrible. They're 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 awful. They're what like ten games out of the third wild card right now. They're closer to the worst record in uh, the National League than they are um, to uh, leading the division. Um, getting stomped on by both uh, bad teams and good teams. It's um, it's all around a disaster. And and the worst part is that the way that the roster is constructed, it's not necessarily like a sure thing that there are a lot of pieces that you're going to be able to trade for value um which means that you know hopefully there will be situations like the escobar trade this week which credits appler that looks pretty good they got a couple good arms by eating that salary the angels are just going to pay eduardo the uh, minimum and the rest is going to be uh, paid for by steve cohen and the mets uh it is um it's a disaster i, I mean there's not really many more words for it. Well, I mean, we talked a bunch, probably 
you know, this is going back to the start of the season. For our, our first, our, you know, our immediate concern was the power, but the Mets really haven't been that terrible in the power department. Um, you know, there's certain guys who you would have expected more from and just haven't yet, but I believe you know, they entered Sunday with 90 home runs on the season as a team, which was very middle of the pack. I think they were tied or 12th in the majors. Uh, Piano Pete had one today. So, again, very much middle third. Um, the bullpen, which we've seen time and time again, um, you know, Edwin Diaz goes down. Um, uh, Bryce uh, DeMonte, uh, Montestioca goes down. And, and, and that's, you know, those are, uh, of course, one to, you know, one exponentially more valuable than the other as far as, you know, how the whole thing was constructed. The Mets really didn't do much to fill up that back end. They said, oh, you know, and I know that uh, optionable guys were, were, were a plus for them. And all that really means is that, oh, we're not going to do anything substantial. We're going to fly by the seat of our pants and hope this works. And that's just irresponsible. We've, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to repeat myself verbatim, but you can't go out and spend $400 million on a payroll and not make sure that every single aspect is up to snuff. I mean, when you had Diaz at the end with Robertson and Adovito leaning into that, and you had some good arms that, you know, could be interchange out, that's great. But you haven't, they haven't done anything to really change that. They got a couple of great outings, a couple of good outings from Jeff Brigham, but he's been inconsistent mostly. Um, Walker started off okay, but is that the guy you want facing the heart of the Phillies order up by three in the eighth? After the game, Buck said that he wanted to hold Robertson, Robertson who, who went five, who he, uh, five out save on Saturday, and he'd only thrown, I believe, like 20 or 22 pitches all week. Yeah. Um, so, of course, in my mind, and I want to say that the booth said this too, is that Robertson's unavailable. Uh, we're, we're assuming Robertson's unavailable after his workload yesterday. And it wasn't the pitch count. It was probably the up-down. That's at least what I was thinking. And then after everything implodes, um, the Mets <laughs> two hit batsmen to, uh, to tie and give away the lead. Uh, then you see Robertson warming up for the eighth and it's, and then, you know, his quotes after the game um, was, well, well, if we use Robertson in the eighth, who do we use for the ninth? You use the guys who you used in the eighth with a three-run lead. It's that simple. And, and you know, it, it's, it's so frustrating. What's your takeaway on how Buck has kind of hurt? Like, he just kind of just aloofs his way through press conferences when things couldn't be any worse. And it's just what what's where's the the urgency? Where's the pride? Um, we know how Buck is. We know how he is with bullpens. We remember the Zach Britton thing back in the postseason. I believe that was 2016. We know how he is with young players. Look at what he did to the Yankees. Bernie Williams. I saw this on Twitter today and I wish I could credit it, but I forgot where I saw it. Bernie Williams was held back and held back and held back by Buck. Uh, Joe Torre finally let him open up his uh, open up that engine a little bit, and boom, he took off. He turned into a borderline, you know, I don't want to say borderline Hall of Famer, but a, a Hall of very good player. And um, you know, it, it's it's one thing to be stuck in your ways; it's another to have the amount of confidence that it gets to that it's hubris. That oh no no no, 
we made the right call. It just didn't work out. That could that could apply sometimes. But in this case, especially today, where you got a big game in a a season that's hanging by a freaking thread. And, and oh, yeah, you know what? We felt comfortable with our guys and we'll save Robertson if it gets hairy in the ninth. What? Uh, my mind just melted, man. And I really, you know, as I optimistic, I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I didn't mean to go on. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. It just feels like he's kind of taken, taken a step backwards. Last year, he used Diaz in all sorts of different ways. Obviously, you know, Diaz is um, as dynamic as you could get as a, a late inning arm. But um, it feels like he's taken a step back in, in how he is uh, using those high leverage arms. And, and so today in the eighth inning, you got Harper leading off. That might be a good time to have your closer up. Yeah. I, to, so to me, it doesn't make sense, but the um, I agree with you about the, uh, the aloofness like that sort of shtick is really cute when the team is winning a hundred games and it's much less. So when, the 23-year-old third baseman who has done a really admirable admirable job at, at picking up his defense um, makes a mistake, and he's the one that says, like, that loss is on me. There are a lot of people that I would credit that loss to, and Brett Beatty might be, like, fifth or sixth. I don't know. He, he would be, like, pretty far down on the list. I mean, it happens. These guys are humans. They're not robots. Ball got stuck in his glove. It happens. There was still – a two-run lead, and time to make things better. You strike out a guy. You get a pop fly. Maybe get it down to 6-5. You don't start hitting batters. And you certainly don't go from Walker to Brigham if you have Robertson. I just – I'm at a loss, man. Like, I I, I, I was – I they like gave up one hit. One hit in that inning, and they, they gave up four runs. Just absolutely wild, man. I don't really understand what the – impetuous was behind oh you know what let's see what these guys have when this is a very winnable game that can get really out of control really quick another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, and kind of to what you were saying last year with Bucks bullpen management, it wasn't that great. I mean, it seems good when you have a guy like Diaz doing the things he did last year. When you have this the year that Adovino had when he was just lights out. Yeah, you can go to these guys at all times, but... um. I guess things weren't as magnified because he did make questionable decisions last year and generally they did okay. But, you know, even in the postseason, sticking with guys too long, sticking with guys that, you know, it's, you saw the red flags. I guess everybody knew the red flags coming into it, but it's just flabbergasting. <laughs> um, now, where the Mets stand now, um, that was their 70. 77th game of the season, I believe, 78th possibly. So you're coming up on the on the halfway mark. It's right around the corner. Uh, the trade deadline is five weeks away, something like that. We already saw Escobar get moved for 
two decent arms. Um, I know the one guy, uh, uh, um, that's a bird crow. Um, he's had a very nice season. Uh, Marceau was a, uh, highly, I don't want to say highly touted draft pick, but a, a touted enough. Um, I think that could be fine. That's a, that's a nice move. How far do you think the Mets are going to go if this wheel? I mean, <laughs> I was going to say if it spirals out of control, but it's pretty much spiraled at this point, unless they make go on some incredible run in the next two weeks and pull themselves back within, I don't know, a half dozen games of the wild card. You have to assume these guys are sellers, right? Yeah. I mean, they'd have to go 55 and 30 right now to win. <laughs> um, I haven't seen anything that indicates that they are going to do that, but you know, it's baseball. Weird stuff happens. I'm not sure what exactly the weird stuff would be that would lead to that. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a matter of like, okay, they're willing to eat money, but um, like, you're going to have to eat a lot of money if you want to move on from Marte. Um, Canna is movable, but. Oh, the usual suspects. I mean, there's a couple of obvious ones out there, of course, but you know, but how attractive are those? I'm sorry. I was just saying how attractive are those guys to winning teams? Oh, I mean, if you're picking up money and, and maybe you, you say, Hey, Miami, you want Marte back in that, in that clubhouse or back in that outfield. You could you could probably talk. I mean, that's just a throwing a dart, but um, there's certain there's certainly going to be places with need. Even if you just unload and can his money or you know, Marte or, or you know, you could probably go right through right on down. And whoever's not in the you know in the p- future plans, um, they could probably be dangled and at least see what's out there. Um, yeah, the Mets, you know, taking dollars on uh, pennies on the dollars in some cases. Sure, absolutely. But if you're getting prospect capital back for a mostly thin, I, I don't want to say thin farm system, but in need of an upgrade in certain areas, if you can get pitching and and really restock your pitching um, with the core that's here, with the money that's going to be spent in the offseason, with a new front office, almost 99% sure coming in with David Stearns, um, Restocking that and getting rid of some guys who aren't going to be here anyway. And, you know, striking while the iron's hot in a, I guess, opposite way, because the iron is just fucking ice cold. Um, it, it makes sense to me. Now, what are your thoughts on like Max, who can opt out after the, after this season? Um, or, or Verlander, who's owed a bunch of money. Like if the Mets are picking up money, contenders are kind of giving up their leverage if they're saying, all right, you know what? We're in. What's it going to cost? I I honestly think if those situations presented themselves hypothetically, the Mets could do pretty well if they chose to go ahead and move both of those guys. Yeah, I think the, the, hold the, on to one because that's, you know, a foundation of your rotation, of course. But how dire or how desperate do things have to get to say, you know what, forget it, let's just blow it up? Or is that just off the table? Uh, I don't know if anything should be off the table at this point, but ah, no. I like, I like, I like where your head's at, sir. Yeah. I, I think if you can get a good prospect for either of those guys, I, I mean, they're 40 years old or pushing 40 years old, both of them. So 
they're not long-term pieces here. Um, the current construction of the roster does not show potential to win a championship, right? Like the reason to, to hold on to those guys would be, we think we can win next year. Like this is just a lot of bad stuff happening right now. Uh, we don't have Diaz, like that's affecting it. Uh, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the the case. I, the, the way that they were constructed last year, they weren't. Um, they, yeah, I mean, when it came to facing really good pitching, I, they got dominated by Joe Musgrove. So uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I would I would be willing to to deal all of those guys, and you stock up the farm and you prepare because. At some point, there's going to be some superstar that is not willing to, uh, that doesn't want to stay in a place and uh, is is uh, looking to be traded. The team is looking to trade them for prospect capital. And then, you know, you, you bring in a new front office and they have all of these different pieces at their disposal. I mean, that's how you can end up with a monkey bet. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think everybody is available from my perspective. I mean, I'm looking down the list here. So let's say Tham is gone, Vogelback is gone, Carrasco's gone. Shoot, I hold Giorme just because I believe he's still the. Oh, this is his last option here. If somebody needs a, uh, if somebody needs a, a utility infielder and you could package package him in a deal to make it maybe a little sweeter because he's a major league capable guy, maybe he goes. I like his depth. I don't know. Um, Adovino's. Two years, right? Or was it just one? Uh, not sure. I'm checking right now. Yeah, he's free agent after after next season. So, um, I don't think you want to move him around. What's Robertson at? And again, you this would be a fire sale level thing. But this would also, again, it would also put the Mets in a decent position going into the off season, going into next season, going into the future, because you'll have a lot of prospect capital ready to go. It would be a really, really dark. Um... Oh, no. No, no, no. Ottavino has player option next year. Oh, okay. And Robertson's done. After yeah. one year? That's a one-year contract. Yeah. That's a one-year contract. Okay. So, I mean, you could go out and just fire sale. Whoever's who's whoever's not in the plans moving forward, you're gone. Let's just go ahead and do it. Yes, is it the most disappointing and most, you know, of the highest payroll in the history of the game to say in July, oh shit, we're done. We're cooked. You know, let's cut, cut bait. Yes, it's extremely disappointing. Do you remember when the Padres went out and spent all that money in what was it, like twenty twelve? Yeah, Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Kemp. Remember, it only took them. It only took them a year to say, "Nope, this ain't working," and they cut everybody. They brought a bunch of prospects in. They started drafting even stronger, and within a couple of years, they had the best farm system in baseball, head and shoulders. And they've parlayed that farm system into how many different players through trades? I mean, you got to think big picture here. Is this again? Is this ideal? Absolutely not. But Fuck it. Desperate times, desperate measures, right? Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Oh, man. I, I'm not, and again, I'm not saying let's do this, but blowing it all up wouldn't be a, an awful move. It really wouldn't. And yeah, I'm sure I mean, the guys are untradeable. I'm sure the guys that the organization might want to hold on to. But, man, everybody else who's not in the, in, in the picture, you know, 
you have to set yourselves up. You have to wave the white flag, say this did not work and, and move forward and put the organization in the best position to succeed. And that's, I'm, I'm almost in shock. Like I'm not even angry. I've been, la- I've left when they lost today. I left like audibly. I laughed at the game, which, you know, the game like that, you generally don't laugh at, but I guess that's the point I'm at. But yeah, this is um just totally unexpected. I, I think most fans are in shock. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people would point to last year's Phillies and say, you know, they climbed out. By, by this point in the season last year, they had already been three games over 500. They were already climbing out. They had already fired Girardi. They had already gone on that long win, win streak where they win like, I don't know, 10 in a row or something like that. Oh, they had a, uh, just an unbelievable June. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a June. Wow. And they just they kept it going. They never stopped. And I, I just don't see it out of this group. Best case scenario, I don't see it out of this group. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they go on a run over the next couple of weeks and they hold on to most of their players and they squeak into a wild card spot. Magical things have happened. We've seen it a million times. And if Scherzer and Verlander and Sanga are those guys, my goodness, it could be incredible. But they may have dug themselves in just too far of a hole. And you got to think, where is this team going to be going into the winter, going into next season after this just horrendous showing? Yep. I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? No, no. That's... I'm like Gary at the end of the game. Just no more words. Speechless. Absolutely. Absolutely speechless. Um, I have, it's funny because I had a list and then the game fell apart and this list has gone to shit. I mean, I guess we talked about the trades um, and how much might be on the table. Um, <laughs> nice to see Quintana's on his way back. He had a nice outing with Brooklyn today. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see him better. <laughs> Could be helpful. You never know. If only so that I don't really have to watch David Peterson pitch that that many games. I, I'm excited to see Quintana. That's a an, what an unnecessary saga that's been. The McGill Peterson and now just avoiding Lucchese <laughs> at any turn possible. I just I don't get it. I don't get the personnel decisions. I I just don't get it. I honestly don't. From 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 Epler down to Buck, a lot of things have left me looking like a dog. You know, the dog does the side eye, <laughs> that side stare. Like what? It's it's uncanny how bad this season has gone in so many different levels. Um, I was expecting Wheeler to absolutely just torch the Mets today, and he didn't. The Mets kind of got to him. They got him at a hundred pitches probably into the sixth and uh, unexpected. Yeah. I, I mean, that would have been four straight times that the Mets had beaten him, which I thought was pretty amazing. It really is. But yeah, he's, ah, they must have something on him. They have to, because he's just so freaking good, man. Yeah. I had people really like, I, I said something on Twitter today. Cause he's one of the, he really is. He's one of the few guys in the majors who throw a slider and a sweeper. And of course, that's just pitch shape and what it does. But they are two different pitches, categorized two different ways and everything. Um, so him throwing those two pitches, and both of them are ridiculous numbers. Uh, 
Oh, I threw out the paper from earlier. Either way, just terrific. And I said, well, yeah, this should be fun today. Thanks, Brody. And people are like, oh, it's not Brody's fault. Like, yeah, I know the Wilpons are at the root of it, but it was absolutely Brody's fault. He went to the papers and then his long quote, like he parlayed two good half seasons into all this money. We helped him get there. Good for him. Like what? My goodness. Oh. Yeah. But that. yeah, but um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with this Brewers series. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> incredible that like if the Mets don't win three games this week, they're going to have gone all of June without winning a series. They won the series against the Phillies on June 1st. And since then have not won a series. Uh, and I think um, somebody tweeted, I forget who, I'm sorry. Um, have not won a road series since April. So <laughs> it's, it's been a tough watch. It's been a tough watch for a long time now. You remember that great road trip that they had at the beginning of the season where they, they beat the Dodgers and they, uh, they, they beat the A's. Nope. I, I honestly don't. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a different time, a different, team, a different season. Uh, it's just, it's hard to believe that they are at the point where they are now, but um, we're fans. So we'll keep watching. Oh God. If the, ba- if in the back of your minds, you were, you guys weren't expecting even a shred of the possibility of this happening, you know, well, this is now, now you will moving forward because um, they're the Mets. It's always possible for things to go absolutely sideways at any given point. It's the Mets. Um, Taryn, we got anything else? We didn't take an ad break. So guys, I'm sorry if it just gets stuck in the middle somewhere. Um, Not that you guys really care. You just fast forward through it anyway. (laughs) Um, We got anything else, buddy? No. All right. In that case, it's uh, a very empty. Let's fucking go Mets. But come on, just to, just to cheer us up. Let us get get a little bit of magic. But, uh, <laughs> until then, Tim Ryder, Taron Sharma. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.